This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host. I'm your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 3 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Digital Broadcast Network, Radio X across Europe, and on TalkStream Live. If you'd like to send an email, studio at exxonradiotv.com and all social media sites, TV, and our website where you can find out what we're doing, what we intend on doing, and what we have been doing at www.exxonradiotv.com. Robbie Rush is my guest this hour. He is an occult specialist. Robbie investigates occult activity and paranormal phenomenon uh, through quality research and professional surveillance and provides ancient countermeasures to end any and all spirit infestations. As an occult specialist, that's an expert on the occult, a paranormal investigator and demonologist combined, Robbie has identified spirits, ended personal and family hauntings, uncovered occult items, ended curses and spells, handled demon possessions of youths and adults, captured audio-visual evidence of the paranormal, and is the longest-running occult specialist in the state of Texas, having begun in 1989. Joining me now is Robbie Rush. And Robbie, welcome back to the X-Zone. Well, thank you, Rob. I appreciate being on again. Um, are you busy this time of year? Actually, sometimes, uh, yeah, every once in a while, I mean, believe it or not, traditionally, every year about Christmas time, people wanting help with the occult and the paranormal, it just kind of slacks off. I don't know why, it just does. Uh, It usually tapers off around Thanksgiving and picks up again around January. It's almost like everybody takes a holiday. Hmm. Um, As an occult specialist, Robbie, what is your most frequently required service? Is it... 
demonology? Is it ghost? Is it hauntings or, uh, or other aspects of the paranormal? Um, basically very aspects of the paranormal, but, uh, I do want to say this. Most of the time, uh, my biggest, uh, um, request is to deal with haunted objects. Haunted objects? Yes, sir. How, uh, is that if somebody goes to a garage sale or to, uh, uh well, actually, it can be, uh, mm-hmm. for example, um, um, recently I dealt with an individual had a, um, a dream catcher and you know, last time I was on, you and I had had, uh, some difficult about the different things about shamanism and stuff right. about yeah. different opinion all that but they had a dream catcher and this individual was suffering from nightmares wow and they just couldn't pinpoint we just couldn't pinpoint what it was and i asked her different questions and stuff and we finally were able to uh, to negotiate, negotiate the fact that it was simply a dream catcher and then when she removed the dream catcher from her from her home Everything stopped. The paranormal phenomena, the nightmares, the demonic activity, everything stopped. So it was all centered around that individual specific dream catcher. So how did, where did this dream catcher come from? Well, they actually had been passed down from generations. They were, um, I believe she said that her relatives were Native American. And I tried to question her about their uh, involvement, maybe involved in something mm-hmm. like spiritism or whatever. And she couldn't pinpoint because it had been quite a while ago. And uh, I, I told her, I said, this is a hard thing to deal with, but if this thing's haunted, and it was, uh, the spirits are attached to this. And my experience is that the only way to get them away from an object is to destroy the object. Because I've told people before, if you get rid of an object and give it to somebody, whether you sell it, you hide it, you, right. you know, put it in a garage sale, the spirits just follow that object to the next person and will continue haunting them until the object is destroyed. How did you come to the conclusion that it was this object? What I use is I use a specific set of guidelines. I question the people's belief system. I question the practices that they do. I question the things that they purchased recently or things they've had for a long time. And out of a simple uh, method of... Um, of uh, Deduction? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Yeah. Deduction. We'll take things and uh, I'll look at them and I'll, I'll try to figure out, well... Does this look like something that might be involved in some kind of spiritistic activity mm-hmm. or maybe involved in a cult practice, whatever? And nine times out of ten, that's what it is. But there's every once in a while I'll come across an object that I was not aware of and uh, at a system of deduction. We'll take it out, and I'll tell them, I said, take this or that out for a day. Robbie, if nothing happens. Robbie, I hate to do this, but either you and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exxon Nation, Robbie Rush is our special guest www.theoccultspecialist.com and we'll both be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. This is Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My dialogue with divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called Rise, May 8th through the 12th, 2017. And the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony, a greater sense of clarity. Our RISE retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. 
For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Robbie Rush is my guest, Exo Nation. He is the occult specialist. His website, www.theoccultspecialist.com. Uh, Robbie, before we go into the break, we were talking about this dream catcher that you were able to identify as the culprit. And um, when you're destroying the, the uh, dream catcher or any, any object where it's believed it is involved in a paranormal activity, what is the best way to destroy it? Well, I, I take it from the, the biblical premise in, in Deuteronomy chapter um, uh, 7, verse 26. It talks about either burning it, mm-hmm. cutting it, or breaking it. And if you think about it, those are the three ways you can destroy anything on planet Earth, breaking, cutting, or burning. If it's a, uh, some kind of a, a metallic thing, you know, you try to bend it as much as you can so that no one can reuse it. Uh, if it's a dream catch, you can simply break it or burn it. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. I've had uh, it's times when people have had Ouija boards that they were using that were the culprit of hauntings that uh, we would try to burn them, and they would not burn. I remember one time, uh, two years ago, uh, it took four attempts to burn this Ouija board. It would not. I doused that thing with lighter fluid, soaked it in lighter fluid. It just would not burn, and it finally burned, and, you know, of course, the demonic activity stopped. But a, but a Ouija board is just a, a piece of wood with alphabets on it, uh, numbers on it, yes, no, and a planchette. So how does it work? Well, um, you're absolutely right. It's just a board with a planchette, which is usually made of plastic or whatever. Well, what it does is when someone takes a board or anything and they use it in a form of a contact mm-hmm. through a spirit, um, it becomes a, a portal, so to speak. And the Ouija board, the danger of it is it's not a danger in of itself, so to speak, but when it's used to communicate with spirits, nine times out of ten, the spirits that come through are not Mm -hmm. friendly. They're usually malevolent. And people, they'll watch movies, they'll see comic books, they'll watch games or whatever, and they think it's cool. And they don't realize that what they're doing is they're inviting spirits that once they summon them, into their home or car or wherever they're practicing Ouija board, those spirits are not going to leave. They have to be cast out or forced out. Robbie, what is the draw with young people and the Ouija board? I think the draw is a simple fact that in a world of uh, uh, science fiction, like you talked about science fiction uh, yesterday's today, science fact is that um, people are looking for something more than the mundane world we live in, whether it's electronics are just going to work and they're looking for something that's mystifying something that something that's supernatural that is not readily explainable but they know it exists let's let's just take a couple of steps back here bobby robbie i'm sorry and maybe you can help me to better understand this question because many of our listeners probably right now are saying well wait a sec so the question is what is the difference between the occult and the paranormal 
All right. The occult and the way I define it, and a lot of people have their different versions, but the way Mm -hmm. I define it is the occult is any practice or religious belief system that contacts spirits that can be malevolent. And uh, through whether it means through uh, Ouija boards or spells and curses, casting them upon people, using spirits to attack people or to get their way in life or whatever. And the paranormal is the activity of these particular spirits, whether it be poltergeist activity, whether it be simple uh, hauntings or or what be it. And the reason why I say that is because in my experience of 27 years Mm -hmm. is if you have occult activity, you're going to have paranormal phenomena and vice versa because they both go hand in hand. Right. Um, so let's go back to the Ouija board because if somebody goes with good intent and they're not doing anything negative and they're not conjuring up spirits to do anyone harm, can the Ouija board then be used as a tool for the good? I would say no. And the reason why is... Uh, I take it from a, a Christian perspective, a biblical perspective, mm-hmm. that you shouldn't be contacting spirits per se. If you want to talk to God, you could talk to him directly, but you don't need to talk to a spirit to talk to God. And the reason why I say that, Rob, is because too many times people with good intentions, for example, if your mother died, like, for example, uh, three months ago, my grandmother passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And, yeah, my grandmother passed away. And... um if I was not a Christian and I was really grieved and wanted to talk to her and I didn't get a chance to talk to her when she passed away, which is true, I didn't. If I wanted to talk to her, I could use the premise, well, I'm going to use this spirit board and I'm going to try to contact her spirit and believe that I can talk to her and get some stuff squared away. But what happens is the way I personally believe mm-hmm. is that these spirits are masquerading demons that can masquerade as an individual from the past. And they can describe themselves and act like and actually appear and manifest themselves as a person looked like before they passed away. Their mannerisms, their type of uh, dress, the whole bit. And the reason why I say that, because it ties with the Ouija board, is I believe that these spirits will masquerade as an individual that the person's trying to communicate with. And it doesn't have to be contacting demons, they think. It could be talk to grandmother or whatever, somebody who lived in their relatives or whatever, 500 years ago, whatever. But these spirits will manifest themselves as that specific person to try to have entrance through this Ouija board, which is a portal, into this mm-hmm. realm and into that person's life. And what happens is every time someone has been using a Ouija board, I don't care if it's me or anybody else, bad things happen. I have never heard of good things and only good things happen. It's always been a mixture of both, and it usually winds up having to be destroyed. Now, you do your your uh, demonology, your ex- exorcisms, and, and you investigate and you cast out based on your Christian beliefs. Am I correct? Yes, sir, I do. Okay, now what happens if you come across someone who is having paranormal activity, but they themselves are not Christians. Well, it's really simple. Um, believe it or not, I have people like that constantly call me. Like I said, for 27 years, this is going to be 28 in this 2017. Right. But for 27, 28 years, um, I've had people of different faiths. And, and I, don't, I don't choose and pick and choose, okay, I'm only going to help Christians. No, sure. I'll help anybody. I don't care if they're Buddhist, Hindu. I don't care if they're involved in Wicca or atheist or whatever. They'll contact me, and they'll go usually before – different avenues and it doesn't work and mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know i'm kind of like a a, a um a swat team of the paranormal realm so to speak usually after very everybody does their thing and it doesn't work i'm usually the last one they call and it works when i do it and i've tried to persuade people well, why not just talk to me first and, and cut off the middle man let's get this over with but i have never had any time that I've dealt with this, whether it's the occult realm or the paranormal, where I've dealt with these things the way I, I'm talking and describing on your show here, mm-hmm. it has never backfired. It has always gone, and it's only been one time. I never have to make two, three repeat visits. And I kind of get a kick out of people who constantly tell me, well, uh, you know, I've had to go back two or three times or several months. I'm like, well, I do it one time, and I don't go back. And I'll I actually call the, uh, my clients back to validate it's done and said with. And on my website, I have a, a, a specific a list of groups of people throughout the years. I try to pick and choose who I got too many of them and give the um, validation that what I've done is real. It's not something that, you know, it worked for 15 minutes and they had to call someone behind me. What, is, what has been up until this time your most 
difficult investigation that you've worked on? Action involved a little girl who was 13 years old in um, Bastrop, Texas, which is South Texas in the year 2005. I got called down to uh, speak to a church at that time and about the occult paranormal mm-hmm. and different people in, in the community came to hear me speak. And while I, when I was talking, I, a little girl was in the audience. And after we got through uh, with the speaking, they brought her up to me, and I, we were by ourselves. I made sure it was not going to be a public spectacle, just me and the pastor and, the, and her mom and a few others to witness this. Uh, she had 13 spirits inside of her. When I started talking to her, Rob, she fell on the ground started convulsing. She started speaking in different languages that I knew that she couldn't do because they were male voices, and they'd go in and out, in and out. Mm-hmm. She was telling me things from stuff that happened that happened before she was born. It took me, let's see, we dealt with that about 8 o'clock. I got finished 5 o'clock the next day. Wow. Because the spirits would not leave. And that I, I did my best to uh, try to identify their names. Mm-hmm how they got into her. And sure enough, she was a Native American, and um, uh, she had been dealing with spirit totems and had been communicating with animals that were, uh, I mean, spirits that were manifesting themselves as animals. Because every time I would call up one of these spirits to talk to it, to cast it out, I would ask it its name, and it would say, my name is Horse, or my name is Wolf, or my name is Raven. And I counted 13 when we finally got done. Where do you cast these spirits to when you cast them out? Well, um, like I said, I use a biblical premise. I believe that the spirits that are on planet Earth are mm-hmm. here until Judgment Day, and they're, they're not going to go to hell. The reason why they're here is because they were set loose after they were cast out of heaven. So what I do, and this is kind of hard to understand a little bit, but when you cast a spirit out of somebody, it leaves that person and starts immediately looking for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't make it go to hell. Right, because uh, I'm not I'm not God, and it will not go to heaven. Obviously, so it only has one place between heaven and hell. It's planet Earth. But here's the thing: I, I make sure I tell people, Rob. When I tell people and, and wind up casting spirits out of people, I always lead them to Christ right after that, immediately after that. Because what happens is, if I don't, these spirits will go get some other spirits that are more powerful and try to re-enter that person. And it's just like a cup. If you empty a cup, something has to fill it. And uh, and if it's filled, it can't be refilled again. So when a person becomes a Christian, those demons can't have access. And so that's, that's why it's very important that when I tell people uh, who are dealing with spirits like this that it's very dangerous because certain religious belief systems invite spirit possession. Others invite spirit control, which is oppression from the outside. It's just, it just a conglomerate of different things. So when, when you're when – you're... Let's just take this last case, this little girl and, sure. and and the living hell that she went through. Did she remember yes. what happened to her while she was under the under the um, spell of these spirits or these spirits were infesting her body? Absolutely not. She could not remember what she said to me. Uh, she tried. One of the things she did was uh, when I started when I mentioned the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. she hit the girl hit the ground immediately. I mean, just boom, like a sack of rocks. And she started writhing and convulsing. And then she tried to bite me. Hmm. Uh, I mean, numerous times on my feet, and my legs, and I literally had to keep moving because she was trying to attack me. Uh, and the, but the thing is, she didn't have control over her faculties, over her mind. It was almost like her; she was put on hold, and these spirits just completely con- took control of her mind, her spirit, and her body. And like I said, once they came out, because I forced them out through the name of Christ. Um, one by one, they left. And the last one, which is always the worst, it fights the hardest. But when it leaves, a person will usually, almost like they just were fainting and woke up. They don't know where they're at. They don't know who they're talking mm-hmm. to, what they said, or what they've done. Do you think there are people in in mental institutions right now who are not mentally ill but are possessed? Absolutely. I have dealt with some of them, and yeah. I really hurt in my heart for people uh, you know, Rob, one of the things, uh, we're one of the most overcated societies in the world. Everything has got a disease. Everything's got a pill. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff that we go through in, in humanity today is not medically sicknesses. It's spiritual problems. I've dealt with people who, uh, who've who um, been told that you are bipolar or you're schizophrenic right. or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'll put them on Thorazine or whatever kind of medicine to control them. And when I sit down and talk to them and actually listen to what they're saying, mm-hmm. I come to find out they're involved in some kind of spiritistic activity. And what I've done is some of the cases I was allowed to deal with um, is that I will talk to the people. 
and actually start commanding the spirits to come to attention. They do, much to the surprise of the people who are dealing with them, and they come out, and they're fine. And yes, I do believe that a lot of people, a tremendous lot of people who are mentally ill are not really mentally ill. They're under the influence of unclean spirits. Stand by, Robbie. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Exo Nation, Robbie rushes our special guest, www.theoccultspecialist.com. And uh, Robbie and I will be back. Don't go away. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying... Explanation, before we get back to Robbie Rush, the occultist, how would you like to be part of UFO history? No, I'm not kidding around. You know me by now. Do me a favor. Go to www. Not now, gang. Not now. After the show. Go to www.cubesetfordisclosure.com. That's www.cubesetfordisclosure.com. That's all I'm going to say about it right now. 
go to the site, check it out, and get back to me. That's the way we're going to play this one. Robbie rushes our guest, www.theoccultspiritualist.com. And Robbie, thanks very much for joining us. Always great having you on the show, my friend. Sure, it's um, occultspecialist.com. Did I screw that up on you? Yeah, you said occult uh, spiritualist. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> we were talking about spirituals. Okay, occult, theoccultspecialist.com. Sorry about that, right. Robbie. Um, Robbie, take us through the steps from the time somebody calls you because they believe there is paranormal activity going on in their home and how you and your team do the investigation. Okay. It's really pretty simple. I've got a six-step process I do. First of all, I talk to the person, listen to what they have to say. Mm -hmm. I don't inject any kind of information that they can use just in case this is a fraud or, or a hoax that they can use to try to deceive me into believing something's going on. I find out what's going on through their own words, let them explain themselves. And then I do what's called a walkthrough or visualization. I'll go through our visuals. Excuse me. I'll go through the home or the mm -hmm. location and just spot check things and see if I recognize any cold activity through objects that they've had. And a lot of times, uh, Rob, what I'll do is as I'm going through the, um, through the visual process of this, things will happen right there on the spot. I remember one time uh, I walked a house within five minutes uh, you could hear a uh, sound like a snake hissing in a corner of a room and there was nothing there. Holy cow. And then you could hear a spirit actually say, get out. And I'm like, okay, I've only been here five minutes. And a lot of times they, they recognize that I'm here to get rid of them and they'll start doing their little thing to try to either frighten me or to intimidate the, uh, the homeowner or client or whatever to get me out. And then the, the next step is we start determining what's been going on. Have they been doing any kind of practices? Uh, have you been practicing witchcraft, the way of spells or curses, lot, lot, yada, yada. And then once I find that out, I'll start setting up equipment to try to detect things as I'm going through the home. Uh, I, I try to set up uh, 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 IR cameras, infrared cameras in certain places, and I'll set up EVP, EVP recorders and locations, and I'll just go about my business and let them record. Mm -hmm. And that way I'm not got to have – I don't have to focus on um, – uh, holding this stuff and let it do its thing. And sure enough, it records things as it's going on. A lot of times after I leave the room and then when I start identifying objects or things of the nature, I start to uh, tell the, the client, this is what we got to do. We got to destroy this. You, we got to get rid of this and this, 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 and you got to renounce this. And I'll take them through the different steps, which I refer to as code. And if I may elaborate, that stands for consecration, obsecration, desecration and execration and those are for objects and if i come across a spirit that's messing with a person i'll use a banishment uh which is question command and prayer and fasting maybe but um and then i'll take these things and i'll have the client with me i won't do it for them so they can't say that i'm coercing them right. i'll ask them if they will get rid of it their own and i'll stay there to make sure they do it right and let them do it because it's something they need to break free in their life they'll destroy it and then i'll start casting the spirits that are in that house or whatever from those objects or however they got in through a portal through the Ouija board or whatever, I'll kick them out. And what happens after that is, like I said, if the person's not a Christian, I'll, I'll ask them if they would like me to talk to them about the gospel. If not, we'll leave. Uh, if so, I'll talk to them. And, uh, and it's interesting, Rob, is that when I get through, there is such a spiritual release in the room that the people every time say one of three things, their heaviness is gone. Right. There's a complete peace that is unbelievable. Or number three, they just feel like they just have been having tons of weight lifted off their shoulders and the room actually grows brighter. During the, during the actual, uh, exorcism or expelling of the demons, uh -huh. do angels ever come in and, and give you a hand? Uh, actually, I don't ask them to. Um, I, I, I know that the Bible says that Jesus told me through Scripture that he gave me a power over serpents and scorpions, which is an uh, a anagram for uh, demons, mm -hmm. is that he will send spirits, uh, angels to help me. I don't talk to them directly. I don't go, you know, St. Michael, whatever. I, I, I talk to the spirit in the name of Jesus, and I ask God to remove it through his power through me. And the angels that are there around me, take care of them and kick them out. I don't ever communicate with angels. Why? Well, because the Bible says that we, uh, in the book of Revelation, uh, it talked about um, the writer of the Revelation, uh, the Apostle John. Mm -hmm. He was given an instance when he was talking uh, to an angel, and 
And the angels started telling him, you know, don't worship me. Uh, don't try to communicate with me. You need to talk to God. And as a Christian, I believe that we talk to God. I don't need to talk to angels. Now, I know mm-hmm. the angels, the Greek word angel is messenger. Right. And they're sent for my benefit and for the messages that the Lord will deliver to me uh, uh, individually in my mind. But I don't, I'm not encouraged in Scripture to communicate with them or talk to them. I just let them do their job. It's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, uh, behind the scenes. Uh, uh, spirits, if you look at it like that, that, I mean, I believe that there's angels and demons, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm not here to make friends with demons, and I'm not here to communicate with angels. I have a relationship with God and in um, Christ Jesus, and uh, um, uh, He takes care of all the, the behind the scenes work, and He just uses me as a good steward to help do what I need to do. But what about these people who call themselves angel readers or angel communicators? Well, uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, they believe what they're doing is mm-hmm. right. I would disagree with them. Um, uh, I believe, like I said, one of the things, Rob, I think the whole premise is this, is that the angels that are here on earth that are good angels are doing God's bidding. They don't try to get us to worship them or communicate with them. And the reason why I say that is because the Bible, Jesus said that when he would go to heaven, he would send the Holy Spirit to the world mm-hmm. and he would talk about Jesus, not himself. So when an angel starts telling me its name yeah. and it starts telling me stuff and I'm like, uh, okay, hold on here. What you just said didn't line up with the verses of the Bible I know. And I'll start asking it questions. And there is a premise that's actually in 1 John that says, any spirit, and it's referring to angels or demons, that does not confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh is not of God. And any spirit that does confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And when that means of the flesh is talking about the gospel from beginning to end. And every time I listen to people or talk to people or hear people in my presence communicate with angels, they go pretty good for a little bit and then something goes wrong. What goes wrong? Well, what happens is the spirit will start trying to get it off into occult practices every single time. And the person may not even know where it is. The reason why I refer to myself as an occult specialist, Rob, is the fact that I am not an expert in the way of knowing how to practice the occult. I'm an expert in understanding and recognizing what it is and what it does. Uh, I mean, there's tons of occult practices out there, you know, A to Z. I could name every one of them, but I'm familiar with almost all of them. Mm-hmm. And most people are not. Uh, for example, um, there are people who are in phrenology. They have no idea what phrenology is. And other people, you know, will say, well, I'm into um, uh, um, uh, numerology. Most people know what that is. But there's other small bit pits of occult practices people don't know that these spirits will try to get them involved in. And because they're so far out there, they're not aware of what they lead to. And what happens is the spirit will get these people caught up in it and try to proclaim. For example, um, about five months ago, I got a phone call from a lady in another part of the country who was talking to angels. Mm-hmm. And spirits. And I said, ma'am, those are not what you think they are. And she said, would you like to talk to one? I said, sure. And this is kind of sounds stupid, but I said, put them on the phone. And she put the phone down and started communicating with a spirit. And I can hear this in the background. And this thing started talking to her. And I said, you know what? In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. And immediately, Robert, this thing shut up. In fact, the lady got mad. She said, what did you just say? I said, I rebuked it in the name of Jesus. She said, well, he won't talk to me anymore. I said, well, ma'am, here's the funny thing. If that angel is of God, mm-hmm. then why won't it talk to me about Jesus? And that's where I explained her. And sure enough, she got a little bit more involved in talking to me about things. She was involved in witchcraft. And I'm talking about spells and the whole bit. I mean, I was like, ma'am, uh, you, were, you really gotten some deep stuff. And we stayed on the phone for four hours. When should we start teaching kids? about the dangers, about using Ouija boards, about using tarot cards, and, and basically, you know, their interest in the, in the paranormal and the occult. How, when should we start teaching the danger of these practices to children? Well, I'm going to use my own uh, personal life, Rob, as an example. I've mm-hmm. got five grown children, and I've got seven grandchildren, and I started teaching them when they were little bitty. And I'm talking, you know, able to communicate top things. And I'm, I'm not sitting there going over details about stuff because they, they can't even talk to me. But I just kind of let them know that's not good, that's not good, or this is good, that's not good. And around five or six years old, kids start developing an interest in the spiritual realm. And this past Halloween, I was amazed to see – they actually have pocket, raw pocket Ouija boards that no. are no bigger than a business card that you can buy at toy stores 
and little kids can go on the playground at recess and try to communicate with spirits. I mean, my word, you know, you got a certain practice over and, uh, and Mexico that's hit the southern parts of the United States where I'm living at, where um, it's a kind of a version of Mary Mary where instead of looking in a mirror, well, they'll take two pencils and they'll cross them on a piece of paper and they'll put yes and no on opposite ends and they'll ask it questions and it will move and talk to them. And these are kids who are five, six, seven years old doing this. Can Can animals get possessed like people can? Absolutely. I've dealt with demon-possessed animals before, and and unfortunately, now a lot of people may disagree with me about mm -hmm. this, but I take mine from the premise of the Bible. Uh, I believe that individual people have the ability to make a yes and no decision based upon reality and their understanding of right and wrong. I believe animals have emotions. I yeah. believe animals have feelings. And they are important, and they do, you know, serve a function in our world. But I don't believe they have an internal soul like a human being does. And once a spirit controls an animal, through it being a familiar involved in Satanism or witchcraft or whatever, uh, the only way to deal with that spirit is the animal dies. I mean, I've seen people who've tried to cast spirits out of animals, mm -hmm. and the animal dies. Uh, and it's even in Scripture in the Book of Mark, chapter five, where the pigs were possessed, and they. They died. They, they, and, and the funny thing is pigs are excellent swimmers, but yet they drowned because the spirits were controlling them and would not let them move. And, you know, you can't ask a dog, you know, we'd like the spirit out because it's not going to answer me. And you can't have the, you know, in other words, to answer your question more fully, when an animal possess, is possessed by a demon, it's only got one purpose is to kill the animal. Once it's done with its purpose, it kills the animal. And that's why a lot of people will tell you that they've had horses or, or goats or dogs or cats or whatever just die after they were doing strange paranormal thing and just die. And they would take them to vet, and there's no reason why the animal's dead. It's just dead. Mm. That, that, is, that is amazing. How would an animal get possessed if it doesn't well, use a Ouija board or whatever? Well, what happens is uh, in the occult, um, and I, I divide the occult, Rob, in two different sections, mm -hmm. the left-hand path, which is sorcery, and the right-hand path, which I refer to as witchcraft. And each one of them have their own different denominations, so to speak, mm -hmm. and, and groups and, and belief systems. But they all operate on the premise of about spirit communication and the use of magic through spells and curses. Now, what they'll do is they'll use an animal to uh, – and they'll actually use an animal as a familiar, and then they'll call upon a spirit that they're familiar with, hence right. the name, and they'll – ask the spirit to enter into their, their pet or their animal, and they will use the pet as a way to uh, divine the future or to spy on people, believe it or not. I've had people who've contacted me who've made people in, for example, uh, Palomambe, which is a sorcery group of uh, Mexican witchcraft. Hey, why don't, we, why don't we do a bit of a cliffhanger here? When we come back, we'll continue this fascinating story. Bobby, Robbie Rush is our special guest, www.theoccultspecialist.com. And Robbie and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genex provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Exonation. Nation, Robbie Rush is our special guest, www.theoccultspecialist.com. Uh, Robbie, first of all, thanks so much for coming on the show. Always a great pleasure talking to you. But let me ask you this, Robbie. If, if these demons, if these devils, if, if these negative entities are here on this planet, and yet we are protected by God, why doesn't God stop these negative entities, these demons, these devils from entering people and causing havoc in their lives. Okay, there's a real simple explanation for that. Um, God doesn't want a relationship with robots. He wants a relationship with individuals mm-hmm. who have the ability to say, yes, I want to talk to you, or no, I don't. And because of that free will exercise that God has implanted into human beings, Rob, I believe that uh, God has, for a better purpose, allows us to choose wrong or right. And if you choose wrong, the the reward is what happens. And if you choose right, it, you know, the reward is what happens is that. And I believe the reason why God does intervene, but to a limited point, is if he made us uh, do this or that, we no longer have free will. And it's kind of like a spiritual universal conundrum where if you don't intervene, mm-hmm. you 
allow this to happen. But if you do intervene, you kind of force it to happen. And and that's just one of the things, I, I, you know, I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven why. But I do know this. The Bible does say that all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. But, but, uh, but if, God so, is, if God is the creator of uh-huh. all good and bad, why yes. did he then create the bad just to antagonize and entrap the good who are weaker at one time in their life or others? Why didn't he just say, you know what? I'm not going to give these, these people, my children, the, the ability to be possessed by negativity or evil. I'm just not going to put evil on that planet with those people. They can live a good, honest life. Well, it's really simple. Um, the, uh, the Bible tells us, uh, the book of Ezekiel and mm-hmm. the book of Revelation and Daniel talks about, the, and, I'm sorry, Isaiah, the origins of evil and uh, how it works is really simple. God, in the beginning of time, there were no human beings and he created uh, uh, spirits, angels, and he gave them the ability of free will. And they could worship him and mm-hmm. talk to him and communicate with him freely. Well, unfortunately, when you create free will, you create a freedom of ability to say no. And when an individual spirit by the name of Lucifer mm-hmm. decided he was going to tell God no, that is when evil entered the universe, the cosmos. And because God gave them free will, he's not going to force them, okay, you're going to talk to me and love me whether you like or not, garbage. Satan I mean, Lucifer became Satan, which means adversary, or the devil, which means accuser. And he talked a group of angels, one-third of them, according to the Bible, into following him and telling God, no, we're not going to do what you want. We're going to do our own thing. We don't have to do this, blah, blah, blah. Well, they became known as demons or devils. And so God took that, from that moment on, that freedom of free will from angels, mm-hmm. whether they're good angels or bad angels, or which are demons, and whatever they were at that point is the way they stay. Now, the good angels are there to help God do his will on this earth. Demons were kicked out of heaven. Well, uh, the only place they could come to is planet Earth, because when God created Adam and Eve is when they came here. This is when all that happened, right at the same time. And for these spirits to do this, and here's the thing, Rob, God wants demons gone, okay? Uh, I know that for a fact, because his word tells me that. But here's the thing. But in the process of giving me free will, if I am forced to love God, there goes my free will. But it makes no sense. Because if if God is the Father, uh-huh. okay, the creator of all that is and all that was and all that will yes. be, yes. then he has, look, I'm a dad, you're a dad. I've got six kids, nine grandchildren. If I did to my children what God has done to his children, you know, we'd be arrested. We'd be put in jail. We'd be punished for crimes. That's true. But you know what? I know Mm. you as a good dad, just like I myself am. I do punish my kids. But you don't kill them. No, you I don't, don't destroy them, and and yet, and yet, and yet, and yet, God, and yet, God destroyed the plant, the planet, except for Noah and his family. How oh, many? Here's the thing, though. What? One hundred and twenty. Okay, now first of all, remember now, at that time, the world's population mm-hmm. was all on one supercontinent. Okay, before the flood, it was on one supercontinent. And they had not spread out mm-hmm. because that's what the command about when God told them at the Tower of Babel to spread out, and they didn't. God spent 120 years mm-hmm. trying to reach each and every one of them. If you could every not reach your child, if you could not reach your child, would you destroy your child? Nope. But you know what? Here's the thing. We're not talking about physical. We're talking about eternity. Well, if but my how, son, do we, how do we know that, first of all? Well, I, I, like I said, I go by the Bible. Right. I believe the Bible is absolutely divinely inspired, inerrant, and completely true. And by following that example, I have the Genesis to the Revelation. Yeah. I have all the answers I need to know mm-hmm. right there. But the Bible but is I, also open to interpretation. Actually, yes and no, because the Bible is actually its own interpretive device. I mean, every single writer mentions every other writer. Okay? And the one hard verse mm-hmm. is explained in another simpler verse. That's why you cross-reference each other. 
That's why Bibles have cross references at the end of verses. So you can see, well, this part that you have in trouble is actually talked about in Genesis. Mm -hmm. And this verse over here in Ezekiel is mentioned over here in 1 Peter. I mean, it cross references itself. Is it possible that in the year 2016, we have outlived the use of religion in society? Religion? Yes. God? No. What's the difference? What is is one without the other? Okay, let me use it real simple. Uh, uh, The Bible talks about this Mm -hmm. very same thing. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, the Bible says if a person believes they're religious mm-hmm. but doesn't try to help their fellow man, yeah. that person's religion's in vain. Okay. I mean, there's a difference. Here, let me put it this way. There are people who I know who are devout Satanists, mm-hmm. who worship Satan. I mean, totally out Satanists. Yeah. They're anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. And I know some Christians who are for abortion, mm-hmm. and that should be the opposite. But the thing about this is, because of the divine free will that God placed in human beings to not only search for him, yeah. but to have an unbridled relationship based upon their willingness, God allows evil to help good to be further. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If my son, who's 24 years old, mm-hmm. killed my wife, yeah. I would support him being put to death. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he murdered my wife. But you would not take the law into your own hands and kill your own son. If my son, uh, Rob, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to play the game like a lot of people do with people today. Mm-hmm. If I walked in on my son hitting my wife in the mm-hmm. head with a hammer and yeah. beating him to death, right. I would have to kill my son. I'm sorry. I love my son, but I have a priority. God first. My wife is second. My children and my grandchildren are third, and well, everybody else is fourth. Well, you know what? And I, don't, I agree with you on a lot of things, except I put my family first. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well— Here's the thing. I put God first because by doing so, it actually does put my family first physically on this planet. Because if I do love my family, mm-hmm. I am going to put God first because I love him first. And that's what the Bible says. It said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added to you. You but know, before once I became a Christian. But once again, sorry. once again, Robbie, huh? you're taking parts of the Bible for your argument, but you're leaving out a lot of parts within the Bible that are against, that prove your arguments wrong. Actually, not really, Rob. You have to look at context. Remember now, the Old Testament was given as a schoolmaster. Mm-hmm. The New Testament was what I live under. I don't live under Old Testament guidelines. I don't. I, I can eat shrimp. Mm-hmm. I can eat uh, fish. I can eat pig. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, that was all done away with the book of Acts. It was designed to show human beings. The Old Testament was designed to show human beings you cannot live by rules and regulations. Okay? That's what the whole Old Testament is for. The New Testament is show us, but you can live by love. And if I do love my family, mm-hmm. I'm going to protect them and lay down my life. And I have had that happen where people who are in the occult mm-hmm. have literally pulled guns on me, who've threatened and tried to attempt to kill my family and to kill me. Why? I've had law enforcement involved before. But you know what? I forgive them. Yeah. But I don't go out to say, here, I am shooting. But, you know? but why? What, what did you do? In order to get these people to pull weapons on you and to threaten you and your family with death. Really simple. I told them that Jesus Christ loved them and that their only way to heaven is through him. That's it. I'm but, serious. But aren't these aren't these people also allowed to believe what they want to believe? And if they you don't want to believe, believe they are. You know, it's it just like right now, you and I are having discourse on radio about our different beliefs system, mm-hmm. but we're agreeing to agree, but we're also agreeing to disagree. Right. I'm never forcing anybody to. I've had so many conversations over mm-hmm. 28 years with people of every religion and ethnicity on this planet, mm-hmm. whether it's been on the phone or radio or whatever in person. Right. And I never force them, you know, we have a talk. And as I talk to them and share them my transformation, they see something that they're missing. How old, and if they don't feel that way, they walk away. How no old were you how, how old were you when you had your transformation? I was twenty three years old. Wow. I'm fifty one right now. What what happened in your life that, that made you turn? Well, uh, I had tried to commit suicide by driving off a mountaintop. Ouch. And uh, I wind up landing on a road. I drove off the mountaintop and landed on a road. Don't know how it happened, <laughs> but I did. And uh, I was involved in drinking and fighting and, and the occult. And I was getting from I was going more from witchcraft into sorcery. Wow. I wanted to kill people. I would put spells and curse on people. I mean, I was a bad guy. So I you was went, a real bad guy. Listen, we've <laughs> run out of time, but I guess we can wrap it up. That you know, you went from one side to the other side, you and, and you're very happy. And God bless you for the great work that you do, Robbie. It's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. 
appreciate it. And uh, look forward to the next time you're back with us. Quickly, give our listeners your website. It's www.theoccultspecialist.com. Robbie Rush has been my guest of the Sour Exo Nation. Robbie will be back in the future. You can count on it. And uh, I'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour in the Exxon. I'll be back with a new guest, new topic, new ideas on the other side of this news break. 